Hooley. On the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. The mixture of hail and what? Sleet. Hail and sleet is? Gropple, apparently. that Kevin was getting some uh, texts and tweets about uh, from meteorologists of what the correct term is because he and Laura were having an argument of it, whether it was sleet or hail. Or freezing ring, a grapple. And I, you know, I was grappling with that decision to talk about it, but they apparently went, thank you. Nice. Well done. Oh, Mr. Spielman is nothing if not a clever wordsmith. If only he were here today, it'd be a much bigger show. Yes, it is a Friday edition of the Spielman and Hooli We Tackle Life podcast. Glad to have you all with us, me, rather. No podcast on Wednesday. You're like, where was the podcast Wednesday? Well, there's a little thing going on in our country on uh, Tuesday called the presidential election. In fact, it's still going on as I uh, record this podcast on Friday morning, although it may not be going on much longer as uh, the reports are that with a late touchdown <laughs> after the whistle in Georgia, Joe Biden has taken the lead in Georgia. So uh, I uh, will maybe touch on the election a little later, maybe not. I don't know, because uh, we have few sports things to cover this morning, and uh, I'm fully aware that half of our audience, maybe uh, more than half of our audience, uh, is polarized politically because, hey, our country's that way, right? And we want to appeal to everybody here, and we want to stay in our lane. If you want to hear my political thoughts, you can hear them every afternoon during the week from 5 to 7 on 989 The Answer. And so what we do here is we do sports and we do faith. And that's where we're going to try to stay. So in that realm, thank you for joining us. And we remind you that sometimes the Spielman Hooley podcast and the Bruce Hooley show on 989 The Answer do intersect. And they intersect for your benefit. Never more so than right now. Because many of you have become, and we appreciate this very much, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters customers. Repeat customers. And Hemisphere Makes great coffee, finds great coffee around the world, makes it available to you. 989 The Answer and Hemisphere have partnered as well. And that means you can get Hemisphere coffee at half the price that you have become accustomed to getting it and believing that it was nevertheless a very fair value at that price. We have a thing at the answer called the Discount Shopping Club. You go to the website, 989theanswer.com, click on shopping. You can buy a $30 Hemisphere coffee roaster's gift card for 15 bucks you can buy as many as you want buy 10 of them buy 20 of them you can only order using one of them at a time i just want to make sure you understand that but that's fine because i think you can get two pounds of roast coffee for right around 30 bucks so discount shopping club hit the uh it's uh it's the shopping link rather at 9890answer.com you'll find the hemisphere coffee roasters offer and then you can go to hemisphere and I haven't okayed this, but I, I'm pretty sure you could still use the We Tackle Life podcast um, discount code and get 15% off too. So there you go. That's the great deal. Hemisphere, man, they're great people. And uh, we like to partner with great people here on the podcast. And uh, no coincidence, I'm trying to get great people to support the show at 989 The Answer. And I'd love to have you listen to the show. But let's start with the... Uh, football game on Saturday, Ohio State and Rutgers. That's the only football game we're going to have to really talk about this week that we know uh, 90 to 95% of our audience are going to care about, maybe 100% of our audience. But this starts the, I'm going to bring back a term from my 
105.7 The Zone Days with uh, Chris. Remember the Parade of Fools? That was like four games. For Ohio State now, it is literally a parade of fools the rest of the regular season. Uh, it's Rutgers on Friday, uh, Saturday, 7.30. It's the Big Ten Network forcing us to wait until primetime for what will surely be a game that will be decided well before halftime. Rutgers is improved this year under former Ohio State defensive coordinator, former Rutgers head coach, now current Rutgers head coach, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach, Greg Schiano. They could improve like 8,000% from last year and still wouldn't be good enough to beat Ohio State or even give Ohio State a game because the Buckeyes are clearly the best team in the Big Ten. They've proven that just with their dominance so far of Nebraska and Penn State. And when you look around the rest of the conference, what are we supposed to invent if we're looking for a team that might be able to give Ohio State a game? Start with Penn State, that really wasn't a game. Unless they, well, no, I'm not going to say that. I made this joke on my show yesterday, so I'm not going to say it uh, today. But football's beautiful because once the game's over, the game's over. They don't go back and find other points, okay? So Penn State's going to always be a 38-25 loser to Ohio State. And that game wasn't that close. That game wasn't that close. Ohio State maybe would possibly kind of sort of have to wonder about its season ending regular season ending game against Michigan until until we found out that Michigan's win over Minnesota in week one was not as impressive as we originally thought it might be oh my goodness look at Joe Milton they've got guys oh Zach Charbonnet 70 yard run hey well then Minnesota went and yacked away a big lead at Maryland Maryland Minnesota's defense is allowing 8.6 yards per rush so all of a sudden, Michigan's success running the ball against Minnesota doesn't have quite the uh, lasting, staying power that we thought it might. Case in point, against Michigan State, they couldn't run the ball at all. Not at all. So if they can't run the ball against Michigan State, which let's, let's, uh, let's reflect on where is Michigan State's program right now? Well, they're in the first year under Mel Tucker. How did they do in the final years of the Mark D'Antonio regime? Were they recruiting well? No. So Mel Tucker is in a rebuild mode at Michigan State, and it's a reflection of Michigan and an inexplicable failure of Jim Harbaugh to build the kind of team that I thought for sure he would build half a dozen years into his tenure at Michigan that Michigan is not a threat to Ohio State. So if Penn State's in the rearview mirror, Michigan is not a threat to Ohio State. Where's the threat going to come? Not Rutgers this week. I believe it's Illinois next week. Indiana at some point, Maryland at some point. So um, it's a parade of fools that Ohio State plays. And what about the Big Ten Championship game two weeks ago after Wisconsin beat Illinois? I would have said, hey, watch out, watch out. Graham Mertz can throw the football. Wisconsin, maybe Wisconsin. Well, now Wisconsin will not play this week. The second week in a row they will not play because they have multiple COVID tests. And if they have to miss one more game, one more, they'll play only five games. They're not eligible to play in the Big Ten title game. So who is Ohio State going to see in the Big Ten title game out of the West if Wisconsin is ineligible? Minnesota? My goodness. Uh, all the ills of the Buckeye running game that we overly obsessed about after week one will be certainly cured against a gopher defense that can't stop anybody. 
Nebraska. We've seen that movie before. It was quite pleasant watching Justin Fields complete literally every pass he threw but one. (laughs) Next time, maybe Chris Olave won't let go of the ball when he gets lit up uh, upon the ball's arrival. And Justin Fields will go perfect against Nebraska. So Ohio State's in the playoff. Now, I would in a normal year tell you, get your tickets, get your flights to where Ohio State's going to likely be in the playoff. But, of course, I can't do that this year because what's the answer to everything these days, right? COVID. COVID, 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 COVID. Everything's COVID. Right now, COVID tests are increasing. See, I'm going to stay away from the verbiage, the alarmist verbiage on COVID. COVID is rampant. COVID is spiking. Well, COVID's a virus. Virus going to virus. It's contagious. Like the flu, like strep, like any virus, it's contagious. So the cases are up, and every couple days, Mike DeWine, the governor of Ohio, comes out, and he gives a dire forecast about cases up in Ohio. I certainly hope the number of cases in Ohio, which virtually every day is a record number of diagnosed cases, my fear is that the football, soccer, those teams that have been given a season in the state of Ohio will have the postseason taken away from. That's my fear. I certainly hope that is not the case. I've had the pleasure to cover some high school football this year, and it's been awesome to get to know coaches and to get to see players and to watch communities coalesce around a team, even though it's been limited attendance. It's been awesome. And I just hope those kids get the chance to pursue the goal of a state championship. Uh, but with COVID cases, I wouldn't rule out at some point in time Governor DeWine uh, and his health officials intruding on that process. So uh, let's give you the one uh, interesting aspect of the Rutgers-Ohio State game is, of course, the return of Rose Bowl MVP. You say, wait, I don't remember Rutgers playing in the Rose Bowl. No, he wasn't the MVP for Rutgers. He was the MVP for Ohio State. Ladies and gentlemen, remember Brendan White. I certainly hope you do. Brendan White was the bright spot on Ohio State's defense three years ago. Came in in the middle of the Nebraska game when Jordan Fuller was ejected for targeting. Turned that game around. I mean, Nebraska came close to winning that game in Ohio Stadium. uh, Adrian Martinez freshman year. And Brendan White then became a starter. And he was phenomenal. And he was the Rose Bowl defensive MVP for Ohio State in its win over Washington. Then, last year, pretty much a new defensive staff. You've got Jeff Halfley in there, Shiano out. You've got, uh, uh, why, why can't I picture the guy who always reminded me of my dad? He's the Michigan-Notre Dame guy. Um, ah, what is going on with your brain this morning, Bruce? Uh, anyway, I'll think of it in a second. Right. Um, they cook up a new position for Brandon White because he was not really a safety and he was not really a linebacker. And so they were going to uh, feature this thing called the bullet, the bullet. And Brandon White was going to be the bullet, which, you know, was a playoff on, uh, or a playoff, a play on, rather, the word silver bullet. And Brandon White was going to be the bullet. Well, uh, it never materialized. Brandon White played. Very few snaps, relatively speaking. Pete Werner ascended and showed he could cover tight ends like Pat Fryermuth from Penn State. 
And so they didn't really need or employ the bullet. They instead went with a uh, single high safety look with Jordan Fuller. They had outstanding corners in Okuda, Sean Wade, Damon Arnett, and Brandon White couldn't get on the field. And so he transferred to Rutgers. When Shiano went to Rutgers, Brandon White transferred to Rutgers. He's having a great year at Rutgers. He's 15 tackles in two games and an interception. So he's a I reminded of the former Ohio State defensive coordinator, Fred Pugich, when you would try to get to Fred and say, Fred, what makes this guy good? What makes that guy good? What, what's, what are the unique qualities that he has? And Fred, Fred was a, <laughs> what's the old line? I'm a simple man. Fred was, in football terms, a simple man. He'd just say, he's a football player. He's a football player. He makes plays. Spiels was that kind of player. You put him out there, wind him up, go tackle. Go find the football. That's Brendan White. Why would you expect anything less? He's the son of William White who has touched all of us with his courageous, optimistic battle with ALS. And William was Chris's teammate with the Buckeyes. William was Chris's teammate with the Detroit Lions. And Brendan is a chip off the old block. He's a football player. Rutgers just needs about 20 more Brendan Whites in order to be even moderately competitive against Ohio State. So I'm rooting for Brendan White because I really like him and, and who cannot root for that family, uh, given the challenges that William is facing in such a courageous and inspirational way? So that's the one thing to watch on Saturday. And uh, I don't know if Ohio State's going to treat this as a game to target the running game and to really get it going. It started to get going last week. It was fine at Penn State. Master Teague looks like it looked to me like they altered the play calling a little bit on the run game to give Master Teague and Trey Sermon less to do in the backfield and to get them going more up the field, down the field, however you want to say it, uh, right upon the handoff. So they're fine. Nobody's going to touch them in the Big Ten. Every game will be over by halftime. Yes, even including the Michigan game. And they're going to breeze into the playoff. And uh, this week's most interesting game is definitely not Ohio State and Rutgers. It's not even Michigan at Indiana, although that'll be interesting too. Uh it's Clemson at Notre Dame. Clemson at Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence. Uh, DJ Uyungalele, I think. It's interesting. There are always names that we look at the first time we see it and we go, holy cow, I'll never know how to pronounce that name. Tua Tungavaloa. Remember when it was Tagaviola? Everybody thought it was Tagaviola? Well, we knew it was, we later learned it was Tungaviola. Similarly, we'll get to the point with DJ Uyungalele where it just rolls right off the tongue. Right now, people are struggling with it. But he's a big-time player. Now, is he a big-time enough player to go into South Bend and beat Notre Dame? I tend to think this game is more about Ian Book and Notre Dame and can they throw the football than it is about DJ Uyungalele and can he play well in Trevor Lawrence's absence. He certainly played well against Boston College. It was the Clemson defense that was the issue for much of the game against Boston College. Clemson will not, and here's a bold statement, should not be held accountable to the extent that they'd be left out of the playoff for losing at Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence. Let me just say that right up front. Unless they would lose again to someone without, excuse me, with Trevor Lawrence later on, whether that be Notre Dame in the ACC title game or someone else. I think Clemson has proven, come on, in your honest heart of hearts, hand on the Bible, is Clemson one of the best four teams in the country? Yes, of course they are. 
if Justin Fields and half the Buckeyes were out with COVID and something screwy happened and Indiana defeated them, would you want to hear the Clemson fans in their terror of having to play Ohio State again say, oh, well, the Buckeyes aren't as, they aren't worthy of a playoff berth. No, come on. Don't come to me with that nonsense. This college football season is only going to be a memorable season if we get Clemson and Ohio State in the college football playoff. That is the only way this season will be redeemable, rememberable in any way, shape, or form. I can't wait for it, but I must wait for it because it won't happen until January. And hopefully both teams are fully healthy and we can have a real game and real fans can attend and the pageantry and everything will be befitting Two teams that I think could hold their own in any era. But we shall see what we shall see. Okay, uh, a quick note. ESPN, you might have seen yesterday, laid off 300 people and will not fill 200 positions that have been either vacant or furloughed. That's a blow. I've been on this side of, or that side of circumstances similar or the same before and it's no fun and I do not know very many people who are uh, losing their jobs at ESPN but I know one and I want to tell you uh, that my heart goes out to longtime college football writer who is respected by everyone in the business and who is deserving of that respect Ivan Maisel. Ivan is a guy who uh, I have always looked to as an authoritative voice on the sport, a fair voice on the sport, a measured voice on the sport, and that is 100% a compliment because um, I envied that in him. I, I wanted that for me, and I did not feel like I lived to that nearly as often as I should have, and certainly not in the way uh, and manner that Ivan has done that. Uh, I have enormous respect for a handful of colleagues who I was um, always excited to see uh, in the press box. Uh, The late Chris Dufresne of the Los Angeles Times, one of those people. Chris died far too young earlier this year. Uh, He was exceedingly kind to me, and a great, great um, talent, and um, a fun guy to be around. Tony Barnhart of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, now Tony does some things for the uh, SEC Network. Wonderful man, epitome of a gentleman, exceedingly talented, and um, just was a privilege to sit next to Tony Barnhart at 18 Final Fours, and to see him um, when Ohio State would play a big game and Tony would cover it, or to see Tony at the college football playoff was always great. Ivan Mazel is in that crew. Uh, Ivan, I'm sure Ivan and I think way differently politically, but this is the beauty of our country and the way our country should work, is that Ivan's just a... Smart, open-minded, kind, 
um, wonderful man. Uh, he and his family went through uh, the most difficult circumstances possible a few years ago uh, on the loss of a child. And in the exact way that someone should, he uh, dealt with that in a way that helped others. I am very sad to hear that Ivan will not be part of college football coverage at ESPN uh, beyond, I believe, January. And um, just am great. I'm thankful that I know Ivan as I know him. And um, my my thoughts are with him and his family today because it's scary to be confronting like, okay, what do I do next? So he's not, as far as I know, he's not sick. He's not, you know, fearing um, anything beyond just uncertainty, job uncertainty, professional uncertainty. Someone will hire Ivan at a network level and get a, um, a great asset to their culture because he is the kind of guy that if you are around him very long at all, if you observe his work very long at all, you will understand that he's exceptional. So that's what I have to say about Ivan. And uh, I'm great. I am gratified to learn that some of my other friends at ESPN that I have known for 30 years, most notably Pedro Gomez, um, seem to be fine in this round of layoffs. But I do not wish that on anyone from ESPN, uh, nor in any profession, because I've been there and it's not fun. Okay, so now... uh, Regarding Fox, big noon kickoff on Saturday, because here's the COVID portion of the, of the podcast. Urban, Leinert, Reggie Bush, Rob Stone will not be doing their gig on Saturday. It will be a fill-in crew of NFL people, Emmanuel Acho and some other people. I And I thought this was because somebody had tested positive for COVID or something, but apparently none of them have tested positive for COVID, yet there's some kind of something I don't know if it's Gavin Newsom shutdowns in California or what it is, but they're not going to do it. Okay, so that's why you won't see them on Saturday for breakfast in the Pac-12. Arizona State at USC at 9 a.m. L.A. time. I bet all those Trojan fans are excited about rolling out of bed here in the victory march at 7.30 in the morning as they get ready to... Well, no, they probably can't go to the Coliseum now that I think about it with the um, Gavin Newsom protocols in california maybe it's you know i don't even know if traveler can go to that game (laughs) okay uh so that's that's college football covid okay here's nfl covid john gruden who's had covid so he would have the antibodies right john gruden has been fined um a hundred thousand dollars already now Uh, The Raiders and John Gruden are being fined a half a million dollars and stripped of a sixth-round draft pick because Jucky Gruden refuses to wear his mask the way the NFL wants him to wear his mask for health and appearance purposes. Uh, They also have a tight end, Darren Waller, I think, who held a charity event at which he was not wearing a mask and at which, horror of horrors, other Raider players attended and were interacting with fans without masks. So the NFL is making an example out of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And, okay, I get it. 
it's it's I don't know how much of this is about real fear, how much of it is imagined fear, how much of it is appearance, uh, and how much of it is necessary. But that's where we are. Got to wear your mask. Got to do what the rules are. I'm a rule follower, so I'm wearing my mask. I'm just looking forward to the day we get past all this and can move on. Uh, it is a Friday, which means we do COVID relief. $250 to each of these four names that uh, I will pull out of the bucket. Thanks to Chris, his largesse, the burden on his heart to give away $40,000 total to those of you who nominate others, because we always want to think of others. And the first name is Josh Sandy. Josh nominated his friend Brian. So Brian will be getting an email from the lovely Carrie Spielman about uh, being a winner. Uh, Rico is our second winner. Rico nominated Mita, M-I-T-A. Our third winner is Carrie. Carrie nominated, uh, not Carrie Spielman, Carrie someone else. Uh, nominated, and the reason I don't give all the names is, you know, I don't, if, if you happen to know these people, I don't want to embarrass them. Not that it would embarrass them. shouldn't be embarrassed. Everybody um, should be willing to accept help and to give help when they're able. Right now, you might be in a phase where you can only accept help. Later on, you'll be in a phase where you can give help. So accept it gracefully and graciously because it's a blessing to those who give. And if you deny them giving it, you're denying them the blessing, and it's been lay, laid on their heart that they are to help you. And so if all a friend did was send us your name and a brief line about why you're in need of $250 in COVID-19 relief, you do not need to be embarrassed about that. You just need to be grateful that you have friends who love you and think of you in that way. Uh, Corey is who Carrie nominated. So Corey will be hearing from Carrie Spielman. And our final winner is uh, Lynn, Lynn-nominated Danielle. So those are our four COVID-19 winners. Again, congratulations and uh, thanks to Chris for doing this. He's funded it through his work with the Lions on preseason games, through his sponsors like CBD Health Collection and Spielman, makers of Spielman CBD products, through Volunteer Energy, and through his auctioning of his Big Ten championship rings with the Buckeyes, both of them. Uh, his... Uh, Really cool Madden, all Madden team jacket. His uh, Buffalo Bills paraphernalia, his Cleveland Browns paraphernalia, his Detroit Lions paraphernalia. I mean, he he had a burden to, to really give sacrificially and wasn't easy for him to let go of those things, but he did. And uh, that's why we can fund the $40,000 in giveaways, which will probably conclude in January. I haven't totaled up how much we've given away, but it's got to be getting close to um, twenty-five grand at the moment, maybe more. Okay, Buckeye Hoops. Can't wait to watch Buckeye Hoops. Well, yes, I can. I have to wait to watch Buckeye Hoops. I was going to South Carolina, uh, South Dakota over Thanksgiving weekend with Press Pros Magazine. I'm the Buckeye basketball writer for PressProsMagazine.com. We were going to knock that out of the park. Uh, Dayton's in the crossover classic, Bad Boy Mowers crossover classic. Ohio State was in it. Buckeyes were going to start with Memphis, Penny Hardaway, and all the recruiting he's done there. It was a great way to kick off the season. We're excited about going to the Armory in South Dakota. I've never been to South Dakota. And then yesterday afternoon, Chris Holtman, Buckeye head basketball coach, goes on social media and says they're not going. COVID numbers in 
South Dakota are up. They didn't deal with it the first time, so it, gradually it makes its way into every population because it's a virus. And so uh, Governor DeWine has put South Dakota on a list of seven states that Ohioans are to be leery of traveling to. And once you come back, they ask you to voluntarily quarantine for 14 days. It's a bad look if Ohio State goes out there and continues to play within the two-week period because there would be Corona bros who would get all excited about, oh, look at Ohio State, they're playing this team, and they haven't been in quarantine for 14 days. Chris Holtman doesn't want that headache. My guess is this call came from above Chris Holtman, and so Ohio State's not going. So uh, Coach Holtman yesterday hinted that Ohio State has some other exciting scheduling possibilities. I don't know if uh, good teams, name teams, big-time programs, Kentucky, Duke, uh, Cincinnati, maybe they'll play Cincinnati again. They played them the last two years. I don't know if they're going to. Maybe he knows that Dayton's going to pull out. Maybe Ohio State's going to play Dayton. That would make sense to me. Dayton and Ohio State, we were hoping they'd meet at the uh, Crossover Classic. Maybe they'll meet right here. And maybe we'll be able to go and watch it or we'll certainly be able to watch it on television. So they're not going. So that's the bad news that Ohio State's not going to what was originally the battle for Atlantis, then it was moved from Atlantis because, of course, you can't travel outside the continental U.S. during uh, this pandemic, to South Dakota, then South Dakota's numbers flared. Now Ohio State will not play there. Duke was going to play there. Duke is not playing there. So that's the bad news on Ohio State basketball. But the good news, well, there's more bad news first. Abel Porter, Abel Porter, fifth-year graduate, transfer from Utah State uh, found out this week, and thank goodness he did, that he can no longer play basketball competitively because he has a heart condition that um, raises the possibility that uh, a Hank Gathers type situation could happen to Abel Porter. That would be horrifically tragic because any life lost to such a circumstance is horrifically tragic, but Abel Porter is married and Abel Porter has a little girl. And so he's a neat kid, served a two-year Mormon mission, walked on at Utah State, became a, not just a scholarship player, but a starter. He was going to be Ohio State's, like, Andrew Dockage this year, okay? Remember Andrew Dockage transfer from Michigan? Steady hand out there, backup C.J. Walker and Dwayne Washington. Well, now Abel Porter, he passed out maybe a month or so ago during a conditioning drill, a couple months ago. That's alarming. So, thankfully, Ohio State has fantastic, talented, insightful medical people, and they spotted this abnormality with Abel Porter's heart, so he will no longer play basketball. He will probably be a graduate assistant on this team. I was certainly hoping it's uh, infinite wisdom the NCAA could see clear to let Abel Porter be a part of the program in some way, shape, or form, even if they happen to have a full complement of a loud number of coaches. Think with humanity, NCAA. So that's the bad news. No bad boy mowers crossover classic. No Abel Porter. What are we going to do for a backup point guard, Bruce? Ah, da-da-da-da. Ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy Sotos has been granted approval of his appeal for eligibility from the NCAA. Jimmy Sotos, the Bucknell transfer, who was supposed to sit out this year and give Ohio State a veteran presence at point guard next year because, of course, C.J. Walker's leaving and Michi Johnson is coming in at the point, who'd be a true freshman. D.J. Carton, having left for Marquette, put Ohio State in a bind at the point guard position from a depth standpoint, as did Luther Muhammad's transfer to Arizona State. But 
Jimmy Sotos, instead of sitting out, will now be eligible to play this year. And guess what? Everybody playing college basketball this year will also be eligible again next year because while they all got uh, screwed out of playing in the NCAA tournament in March and were not given the extra year of eligibility that many people thought they might be given, like the uh, fall sport athletes were given this year in um, non-rev sports, the basketball players will get, it's like their eligibility clocks stopped. So if C.J. Walker wants to come back next year, he can. I don't think they have any other seniors that I can think of. Uh, But Jimmy Sotos will be able to play this year, and Jimmy Sotos will be able to play next year if he wants to. So that'll be nice. And he's a nice player. He averaged 11 points per game at Bucknell. I remember him as a freshman when Bucknell played at Ohio State. He had a really good game then. He's a nice, nice player. Good shooter, good ball handler, steady hand, experience. Bucknell plays really quality basketball. So Jimmy Sotos, that's great news. That's great news because good for him. It's a whole lot more fun to play than just to practice. Uh, It's great news for Ohio State that now they have a super quality third guard and they needed it with um, DJ Carton transferring to Marquette and Luther transferring to Arizona State. I hope Luther enjoys being screamed at by Bobby Hurley. I always like Luther, but Luther, you're not a shooter. And for you to transfer to Arizona State so you can shoot the ball more, I don't think Bobby's going to like that. And I just hope you don't rue that decision. Because when you start like almost every game, first two years at Ohio State, and then you transfer because you don't like your role, what, you couldn't? <laughs> Okay, I'm going off on Luther Muhammad, and I don't really mean to, but like it wasn't like you weren't allowed to score. You don't win the Maryland game last year unless Luther goes crazy and scores in the mid-20s, mid to high-20s. So I didn't really understand that decision by Luther Muhammad, but do what you do, Luther. Okay, so uh, before I get into the faith portion of the podcast, I want to remind you about my friend Stan Willis and the partners at Willis Spangler Starling, fantastic attorney firm. Why are they a fantastic attorney firm? Well, A, you can trust them, okay? Because I've known Stan a long time. I want to make sure when I get legal representation, first thing, this may not be your first thing, but first thing for me is integrity. I don't want a uh, person who is viewed in their profession as being less than honorable. I don't want someone, of course, who is not competent at what they do. Stan has built uh, a wonderful practice, but when you go in their office, they have on their wall like their mission statement and what they're about. And the things that they're about are the things that I'm about. And so I think if you're a Spielman and Hooley podcast listener, they're probably things that you're about in terms of how to treat other people, um, all those things. So I highly recommend Willis Spangler Starling. And I know that there'll be no legal issue that you could possibly have that they won't have the expertise with their partners or associates to handle, whether it's workers' comp, whether it's personal injury, whether it's wills and estate planning, whether it's contracts, whatever it is. They're expanding their practice all the time, looking for good people, but they don't just take anybody. They make sure that those folks that they add are a fit, not just for them, but for you. So Willis Spangler Starling, they are online at Willis Attorneys, W-I-L-L-I-S, willisattorneys.com. Remember them, willisattorneys.com. Okay, we'll uh, transition into the faith portion of the podcast today. Um, I like to go back 
in order to go forward. It's a challenging time in our country. It's a challenging time for me as I host a news talk show on 98.9 The Answer. I don't want it to be a two-hour complaint show if uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conservative station. So if this election does not break the way that most conservatives voted, I don't want the next couple years to be a two-hour gripe session every day because that's not productive. We accept the results of fair elections in this country. Now, there'll be a time to litigate in the courts whether this is a fair election or not a fair election. We have to get to the point where the elections are, the election results are believable. But we can set an example as people who believe in the principles that have helped make America, America, the bastion of fairness and uh, liberty, justice, and truth, by how we receive losses. A lot of times in life, it's easy to win, right? It's not easy to lose with class. That's a bigger challenge. So I'm seeking wisdom on how to be a productive, effective leader and peacemaker at a time where we struggle for people to fill such roles. So a lot of times it's helpful to me to go back and remind myself of what I've been what I've experienced in order to perhaps gain wisdom into what I will be confronting going forward. So I went back and I read a, an entry in my journal from May the 5th, six months ago. And I was going through some uh, work uncertainty, uh, economic uncertainty, and was frustrated because, as I wrote down, I said, I think I have potential and have the gifts to provide for my family, and to prosper the kingdom of God. But for more than a year, I've been searching without answers. I've been training each morning in the word and in prayer, and I felt very close to God as if he's been speaking to me as I journal. As I contemplate following that with, but he hasn't provided a job, I'm convicted because he has provided. Our needs and our bills have been met. Uh, so why do I not draw on that knowledge and relax? Why do I crave or insist on a safety net? And then I reflected on some things that are in the Bible that have been a comfort to me. Verses like, my mercies are new every morning. Um, and a verse that my dad highlighted to me uh, in the latter stages of his life that is a cool visual for me to remember, and it is that God takes us by the hand and wants to help us. And I said, and yet knowing that, I want to get in a new race, whatever that race is. I want to run the race I'm supposed to be running, spiritually and professionally. Right now, I don't even know what the race is or where it is or what kind of race it is. Is it a sprint? Is it a middle-distance race? Is it a marathon? When I, th when I think about that, what is laid upon my heart is, Continue your training, Bruce. So my role as a disciple of Christ is to keep training, and God will train me for the race he wants me to run. He will enter me in that race when it is time, and I am primed and ready. The Kentucky Derby this year is not on the first Saturday in May. It is in October. I want to run now, but God knows my level of preparedness, and he knows when the race is. So I trust him as my trainer. I will do my part, not his. So wherever you are today, if you're 
feeling unrest about the course of our country, if you're feeling unrest about the situation you're in personally, if you're feeling unrest, just focus on doing what you feel God is asking you to do today. In sports, we often say, focus on the fundamentals. When an offensive lineman is playing poorly, what do they tell you to do? Focus on your technique. Saturday, when Michigan's cornerbacks were getting lit up, I was listening to the Michigan broadcast, and Dan Deerdorf, um, former Canton, uh, I'm not sure what high school Dan went to, but I know he's a Canton product. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Dan said, our corners have to focus on their technique. you got to go back. you got to trust your technique. As a Christian, as a disciple of Christ, when things are tough, you have to trust your fundamentals. What are your fundamentals? Hey, fundamentals aren't sexy. Fundamentals aren't innovative. Fundamentals aren't uh, exciting. Fundamentals are regimented. Fundamentals are things that have been true for a long time. Study the Word of God. Get in your Bible. Pray. Say, I need some magic thing. There is no magic thing, okay? I worked for a radio station one time that wanted to reinvent the wheel on everything. Oh, if this worked in radio before, we're not going to do it. You know why? You know why people do things that have worked before? (sighs) Because they work. That's why. Because they work. Prayer, studying the Bible, putting truth into your system, it works. It ingrains a truth mindset. Not not your truth, not so-and-so's truth, the truth. Truth is exclusive. There's only one truth. And so find that truth. Seek it. The Proverbs in the Bible says, esteem it. It's more precious than gold. So I read a chapter of Proverbs every day corresponding to the date of the month, Proverbs 1 on the first of the month, Proverbs 2 on the second, et cetera, et cetera. And then I try to read something in the New Testament. Sometimes I feel the need to be um, reminded of truth by one of the great apostles, Paul, Peter, Luke, whoever it is. Sometimes I feel the need to hear it right directly from Jesus himself, and I'll read in my Bible, it's the words in red in the New Testament. So these are the things that we need to do is repeat good behaviors. A lineman who starts doesn't stop lifting, doesn't stop working on technique. You go through the procedural process things that lead to success, and you have to do that spiritually. And then when race day comes, you'll be ready. God will plug you into the race. I feel he's plugged me into the race when I started about a month ago at 98.9. Honestly, I feel like I'm just kind of running right now. I'm not really sure. Like I'm running a, I'm running a race and I'm like, okay, what's around the next turn? I don't know what's around the next turn, but I know I'm supposed to keep running and keep training and keep listening. So I hope that encourages you today. I hope that you uh, will dedicate yourself to uh, running a race with distinction and running a race in the lane of truth. You know where to find the truth. You find that truth in the Bible, in the Word of God. Now, one last final mention of a great sponsor of ours. It's AUI Info in Akron. Here's something I found out the other day you may not know. All you fast-forwarders through the ads, okay? We have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are self-employed. Self-employed. And because you're self-employed, you might think that your options on health insurance are just whatever 
uh, Obamacare doesn't really give you a whole lot of, or the Affordable Care Act or whatever, doesn't give you a lot of options. It's your coverage is your coverage. If you're independently employed, if you're a realtor, a lawyer, an accountant, a caterer, whatever, you're a one-man band, okay? You nevertheless, as a self-employed business person, qualify as what's called a group of one. A group of one. This is some knowledge Chrissy laid on me the other day from auinfo.com. So what does that allow you to do if you're a group of one? Well, then you have an assortment of health plans available to you, an assortment of health plans. It's like you're, it's all like you're, you, you, it doesn't matter if you have 50 employees, 500 employees, 5,000 employees, or if you're the only employee, you'll have options. So that's why you want to make yourself uh, smarter when it comes to health insurance by getting with Chrissy online via the chat or via Zoom or on the phone or whatever at auinfo.com. And I just give you auinfo.com because that's the easiest way to remember it because I want you to go to their site. I want you to click on it and I want you to find out how they can help you. And you don't pay them. You don't pay them. The carriers pay them. So open enrollment period goes to December the 15th. Don't screw this up and wait and think, "Ah, I don't want to deal with it. She's awesome. I love talking to Chrissy because I learn something every single time, and you'll learn something every single time too. So, auinfo.com, auinfo.com is the way to go. That'll do it for us, for me. Appreciate talking to you today. Uh, I'll be back Monday. Uh, we'll uh, connect with Mr. Spielman and uh, enjoy this beautiful weather. No grapple out there today. You're not grappling with grappling with grapple today. It's gorgeous out there. Play some golf. Do something fun. Get outside. Breathe in the beauty of God's creation. I'll talk to you again. Amen.